0: On this week's episode, the Mitochlorine count is high on this one. His name is Jedi. He comes from the isotope region, whatever the heck that is, outside of Charlotte Metro. He's going to tell you about his story, his story growing up and becoming a high-impact man through uh, being involved with F3, how he's increased and accelerated his fitness, his fellowship, and faith. So sit back and listen. To this guy has been involved with F3 for 10 years, and he's got a great story.
1: Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast, high impact men from across the nation, sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement,
0: and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture
2: is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less.
1: To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs.
0: Okay, Welcome everybody to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. This is Nevin Gorky coming to you. I'm known as d in the Gloom to the F3 guys. I'm uh, hosting this thing along with my co-host Troy Klinger, otherwise known as Dial-Up in the Gloom. And uh, Dial-Up was recently on a trip out west. Uh, it was only two weeks, but it seemed like two years to me. I missed him greatly. But anyway, <laughs> Dial-Up, tell us how your trip went, man. It went really good, man.
1: You know, so as I've said, like I had to force the family to take a break from the beach every once in a while. And so yeah. this is a trip I wanted to do for quite a while to uh, to appease the younger folks that went with us. So my two 2.0s and uh, two other youngsters that went along, we had to, we we flew into Vegas. We did a little trip out to L.A. They wanted to go to L.A.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: not a big city guy, but we, but we went. I got to see the USC campus, which was beautiful. Uh, got to go see the uh, L.A. Coliseum, the stadium, yeah, which was really cool when you think about all the history that's taken right. place there. And then the the kids wanted to go down and see the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We stumbled upon Ludacris getting his uh, star.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, Ludacris
1: cool. was getting a star, and so Vin Diesel was there, oh. and uh, uh, LL Cool mm-hmm. and Queen Latifah. Mm -hmm. and paul walker's brother who i don't know what his real name is but it's paul walker's brother (laughs) and uh the the woman from the most recent fast and furious movies but i can't remember what her name is i don't know either you don't know either but anyway they were there uh supporting Ludacris getting his star so that was kind of cool and we went to some you famous youtubers pizza joint uh so anyway that kept the kids happy and then we got into the part of the trip that was that was my part which was to go and tour a bunch of the national parks so yeah so we hit a bunch of the national parks out, mostly in the Utah area, and uh, we got lucky and got uh, passes to do Angel's Landing, which is a really cool hike. Yeah, in Zion, it uh, one that was one that scared me a little bit. I made the mistake of going back and looking at a YouTube video of the hike.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. for
1: <laughs> the night prior, and then I'm like. Oh crap! I forgot how scary this thing looks because right. I'm not. I'm one that gets a little nervous going from a ladder to the roof. Yes, me too. And then even more petrified going back from the roof back That's to even the ladder. Worse. Yes, yeah. I'm like dangling my feet over the edge, holding on for dear life, and yeah. just praying that my foot finds the ladder. Uh, so Angel's Landing was a little scary for me, but but I, I blasted right through it. The kids were impressed. I'm. It's it's not often you get to impress your kids. No, but nice. the kids were impressed that I overcame my fears. And in fact, my 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 uh, M, chickened out part way not to brag a little bit, but in her usual fashion, she's, she's pretty stubborn mm-hmm. and pretty competitive. And she saw you going, and she saw me keep going. And she's like, yeah, he's not going to do it without me doing it. <laughs> and so we were up on the top, you know, just kind of enjoying the view for a little while. And we turned, turned, turned back and like, here comes mom. And uh, she's like, I made it. And I'm like, ah,
0: oh, son of a gun. And she did it. But I was, I
1: was happy for her. Cause I was really surprised that she, that she chickened out part way.
0: Yeah, and you sent us a video doing burpees on top of the yeah uh, climb there. I did burpees a bunch of different places. Yeah, didn't you I? did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He did burpees a bunch of different places, and he also sent us a video from Monument Valley on the road that Forrest yeah uh, Gump stopped running.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did burpees there. Yep. In the middle of the road. <laughs> you did. What you didn't <laughs> catch on the videos, there was some guy flying down the road, and like that's not. I think I only did two. Yeah. In that video, he was he was blaring on his horn like, get off the
3: road, you idiot.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to run you over. All right.
1: Uh, so, yep, two burpees. I had to finish it up there. But
0: Well, welcome back, and way to take on your fears of heights. Thanks. Good job. Was Thanks. it scarier on the way down? Uh,
1: no, it wasn't too bad. It exactly. was a little more scary because you could, like, as you – you couldn't avoid not seeing the the, the sheer drop off right. to your death on each side. Yeah. Because you're, you're looking right down at it. But yeah. it still wasn't too bad.
0: All right. Yeah. So
1: it was All good. Right. I recommend it to anybody that's that's out Maybe there. Maybe someday I'll do it. If you can get lucky enough to win the lottery and get right. passes to, to hike it.
0: All right. Well, we're glad you're back safe and sound, buddy. You got to be back safe and sound. You're taking the Nantan flag uh, in just a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. It's yeah. coming. All right,
1: yeah. And Nantan Week's coming.
0: Nantan Week is coming. i was typing that we're up. We're gonna on get Slack. to our guests. I promise you, Jedi. We're gonna get to you. I Sorry, promise. Sorry, we haven't been together for a couple yeah, of weeks. No. So. We've got to do some catching up here. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get you guys a room. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. So uh, yeah, Nantan Week. So uh, I got to briefly explain it. So we've explained it before, I think. But anyway, uh, I think we're the only region that does it now. But uh, two years ago, this will be the third time. Uh, I just stupidly sent a Hey, it's Nantan week. And then you guys, you especially ran with it and made all the workouts to somehow make fun of me. And, uh, and everyone has fun with that, but we try to set a record for attendance for the week. Yeah. During Nantan oh. week. So that's coming up this week.
1: Somehow. I don't have a Q, sc- uh, Q spot for what? Nantan week. You so could ask somebody. I'm, yeah, I- I don't have to ask anybody. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm the first F, buddy. He's the first I, FQ imbued, imbued the with mess power. I create the use the schedule. I can. That's right. <laughs> I'm the only one with edit rights. That's right. Uh, well, no, I guess not to the Q schedule. I guess anybody can add that. But anyway, well, I've got the power. You do. Someone's you the name power. is just going to
0: disappear. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have even more power soon. All right. Um, cool. So our guest uh, today is Jedi. You know, and um, he um, is from the Charlotte area, right, Jedi? That's right. Yeah, and um, so his real name is Ryan McKinney. He's been involved with F3 for, I think, 10 years. I'm going to let him tell the story. But I saw Jedi's essay on, I think it was last month's, or this most recent uh, F3 Nation newsletter. I thought, we got to get this guy on the, on the show uh, to tell his story. Because in part of the essay, Jedi, you said, um, I won't bore you with the, uh, something about the you know the uh, some of the story because there's not enough time but you got time tonight brother this is your chance <laughs> so let it all out for the for, for uh, posterity but anyway Sounds uh, good. yeah welcome to the podcast man
2: No thank you thank you for having me and it's uh, um listen for especially to be here with you guys but I listen to some of the folks that are in the intro by the way I can hear the intro we oh, can hear it. Thank there you. For, yeah, finally, we got
1: feedback on it. We'll that. forget by the next. We will, yeah. but anyway, now we know. Um,
2: for those of y'all listening, they they said that sixty something times and didn't know if the guests could hear that or not. So they know now. <laughs> yes. um, but anyway, I I recognize several of the voices uh, on there, and uh, I'm humbled to be in the company of those gentlemen as well as you. So thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, you never know what you say tonight might end up in the intro in the future.
2: Oh, boy. No pressure. Yeah, no
1: pressure, <laughs> yeah, no pr- no pressure but our last guest was Dark Helmet, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: this week's episode that's airing right now is Dark Helmet. Yeah.
2: So, you know, nothing much. Yeah. Dark Helmet is like, stop being less. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's him. You got it. <clears throat>
0: you got it. So, uh, I guess we got to find out for sure here, but before before you uh, tell us when you got involved with F3 and who EH'd you, I know a little bit of your story from your essay. Uh, I want you to tell it, but Dial-Up and I usually play this game and try to figure out how you got your name. So his, his okay. F3 name is Jedi.
1: Yeah. Is there some resemblance to Luke Skywalker there? <laughs>
0: uh, hmm. I don't have a good guess for this one. You don't? Well, clearly, I, the obvious answer is just a Star Wars fan. But I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to say he was into fencing lightsabers. Ooh. That's a cool guess, right? It is a good guess. So too. Jedi, even if I'm wrong, you should say it is, because that would be really cool. <laughs> So, tell us, first, tell us how you got your name.
2: <clears throat> okay. So, I was one of the ones that had to get in shape, so to speak, before they went to F3 because uh, a few of the guys at my church were so in shape that, like, they belong on magazines and stuff like that. And they were doing F3, and they're like, they couldn't stop talking about it. It's like the. You know, it's like the, the vegan or the CrossFit person. Like they can't stop telling you about it. No offense to anybody doing CrossFit or that's a vegan. I don't, I don't really care what you eat. Um, but, uh, they were so excited about F3 and they're like, oh, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. It's amazing. I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, do you see me? Like, do you see my pasty white, flabby skin? I am not going to make it at one of your workouts.
1: Are these the and, legendary, uh, wait, are these the legendary Metro guys?
2: No, these are not the Metro guys. And um, I I won't say anything against my Metro friends, but um, uh, these were uh, Isotope guys. And this is uh, uh, Bogey and C Note and Tubuck Chuck and Contra and a handful of other guys that are just built tough as nails. And um, they kept telling me, I need to come, need to come, need to come. Well, I put it off. I'd started running, tried to lose a little weight, and I ended up um, going to a retreat at our church. And all of them were there, and they said, "Hey, guess what we're doing today?" And I was like thinking church stuff, right? And they're like, "No, we're doing an F three workout, and you're coming." And I was like, "I had no excuse. Right. I had nothing. You like, were there. I was nowhere to go. Like there was nowhere <laughs> to run. Uh, well, there was places to run because we did that, but um, there was nowhere to run from them. Uh-huh. And uh, that was my first post uh, was." And it were, I mean, I hated it. It was miserable. I loved it. It was awesome. All in one thing. It reminded me of stepping back on the ball field and it had been too long. That camaraderie you get that cutting up, you get the physical pushing each other, all that stuff. It was just amazing. Um, and, uh, I survived. I made it through, uh, and was so surprised at how encouraging everyone was, in that. And again, it reminded me of back in my football days and, and just playing ball and being on the field. And, uh, I hadn't had that in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so that was, that was awesome. I don't know how many milligrams of ibuprofen I took over the next (laughs) two days, yeah. but, uh, it had to be a lot. Um, and, uh, they said, you don't get your name until your second post here in our region. We do naming on second post. Okay. And uh, I guess they gave out too many cool names and people didn't come back or something. But, um, I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'll show up to get my, um, to get my name besides this was pretty fun. I, it's awesome. I was like, when's the next one? And it, it had this air of fight club to it. It was like the next one is at the church on Monday at five thirty. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I showed up at the church and, uh, uh, our church, Lake Forest church here in Huntersville. And I just, I'm one of these people that like, had to prepare. So I need to go see the lay of the land because I, I didn't get a chance to do that on the surprise workout on Saturday, uh, the Saturday before. So I go to the church and I'm there at like 4:59. I was going to have 30 minutes to get prepared and stretch on oh, my <laughs> stretching. I thought I was going to do. Mm-hmm. So I get there and there's this one other guy. And I was like, here I am grown man meeting in a parking lot. That's dark. And I meet another man. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he looks at me and goes, all right, well, you're ready? And I was thinking, well, this is kind of a small crowd. But I was like, sure, let's go. And he takes off running. And he's like, after two miles, he's not fast at all. But the first two miles, he was really fast. <laughs> and I was trying to keep up with him. And he takes off running down a greenway. And it had snow. There was ice on the ground. It was all kind of stuff. And I, I had no headlamp, nothing. Just, mm-hmm. you know, blind trust and faith. And we get about a mile away from the church. And he goes, all right, let's go back. And we take off and run back. Well, little did I know that I had just done what back in the day we called extra credit, but now I think it's called a standard. Um, And uh, uh, I just finished a standard because when we came back into the parking lot, it was full of people and they were ready to do the workout. And I was like, This is great. I was gassed. Like, I was totally gassed. And turns out this guy's name was Evan Rude, and um, he is. Like his philosophy was in order to get faster, you run as fast as you can until you can't run anymore. (laughs) And you just keep trying to run farther the next day. That was his whole strategy. Okay, And it worked for him, but um, those two miles were rough. So anyway, after that, um, all the guys that had originally EH'd me, the main one being uh, Tuba Chuck, uh, Dave Fetzer, uh, he was the one that got to name me. And we had been in a Bible study together and he didn't want to call me Yoda, but he said I sounded like Yoda in the Bible study. And I'm humbled by that because I think what he meant was wisdom. It might have just meant that I <laughs> talked funny, I don't know. But we called he said, We're gonna name you Jedi. So you're you're kind of right of being a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I was not unhappy about being called Jedi. Like I thought I'd hit the the naming lottery. Um but apparently, I didn't know that there are people that don't like Star Wars. That was weird to me. No, but that wasn't the reason I got the name. But um, but I'll I'll take it nonetheless.
0: Oh yeah, Jedi is a cool name. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's 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 really good. I wouldn't mind Jedi <laughs> did, at all.
1: Did your yeah. did, did your buddies that you had worked out with at the retreat, like what did they say to you when they saw you come running,
2: <laughs> come running in <laughs> from the extra <laughs> credit run? They couldn't speak. They were laughing so hard. They thought it was hilarious. Like they saw my car there, and they were like, well, "We just didn't know where you were. We didn't know what happened. If something happened to you, and they see me coming, because when I came in, I looked like a rerun off of What's Happening, like trying to take the car at the uh-huh. end of the
0: show. Yeah,
2: it was it was not good. <laughs>
0: wow, and that was what ten years ago? Yeah, it was about ten years ago. In the Isotope region. Yeah. All right. How far away from Metro is that? Like from Center City, Charlotte, or whatever.
2: Um, from city center, we're probably 12, 13 miles. Okay. We back up to Metro. So, um, well, North Metro and then there's Highlands. Um, we interface with those guys all the time though.
0: Yeah. I can't keep you all straight down there. There's just too many regions and AOs and all that stuff. But anyway. Yeah.
2: We, yeah. We, we actually, we were one of the first regions to do the super region thing where we had smaller, tiny region, satellite regions around us. And when I was on the board several years ago, um, Jolly Roger was Nantan here at the time, and we had a good good team on the board. But we had this idea to bring all of the satellite regions together and support them and building them up. So there was one, two, three, four, five other small regions right around Isotope. Mm-hmm and we combined it and called it Lake Norman. And since oh. then they've gotten big enough and broke them apart. And we came, we went back to isotope okay. last year. Yeah, i had heard of
0: Lake Norman. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um. So that was 10 years ago. So that wasn't too, too long after F3 started, right? We're 12 right. years, about 12 years old now. Yeah. So you, yeah. you got in early. Okay. So um, let's back up a little bit and, and start from the beginning. So tell us, uh, when you were a young Jedi, what was that like growing up? Where you grew up, family life, and that stuff.
2: Yeah, so I grew up in uh, South Georgia in a place called Valdosta, Georgia. And many when I say that, people have either they think they've heard of it, and they 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 say that's the onion place, that's Vidalia. Just so you know, Valdosta uh-huh. is even further south. It's one of the last places to buy gas on I seventy five before you hit Florida. Um, but the reason that most people have heard about Asta is because of the Vodosta Wildcats, uh, quad A football team and, uh, 28 state championships. Wow. Four or five national titles at quad A, um, over the years. They've since, um, the leadership from that school switched over to the county school in that area and that, and the tradition re- continues. It's just in a different school now, mm-hmm. but, um, it was, it's about as close to Friday night lights as you'll get uh as far as football goes we started playing like i'm pretty sure they send scouts at pop warner it's pretty it's pretty good <laughs> mm-hmm. um but that's kind of the the town that i grew up in small town uh county seat town had maybe 75 eighty thousand people in it uh that kind of thing played sports just to make sure you stayed out of trouble let's just say i didn't i didn't i didn't play sports all the time so mm-hmm. uh, i was a good kid but i wasn't a great kid um had some uh some some challenges, uh, in a, a single parent household, probably gave my mom more challenges than I experienced myself, but, um, grew up with a great dad. He just was working and was divorced from my mom. So, uh, it was, a it was probably, you know, your typical Gen X <laughs> household at that time. There was a lot of kids that grew up that way. At least there were in my neighborhood. Um, and I learned a lot of lessons by doing that. Uh, uh, growing up that way and one of them was around entrepreneurship and I learned that one the hard way I had a bicycle and uh, gotten it for Christmas we had a carport we didn't have a, a garage we had a carport mm-hmm. one of the things that comes over mm-hmm. and you got a pole outside sure and um, uh, we had a utility room that was on the end of the carport and it had it was big enough for the lawnmower but not big enough for the bicycle so I had to chain the bicycle to the pole outside and I said, that was my only job, right? I was lucky. I was like seven years old, my only job. And uh, I didn't chain my bike to the, to the pool. And I come outside and the bike's gone.
3: Mm.
2: So I'm sitting there, you know, seven-year-old kid crying, tears a whole bit. My mom comes out she goes, oh my gosh, wait till you talk to your dad. She was upset. I was upset. And he pulled out the R word, the responsibility word, all kinds. Of, I'm seven, by the way. Yeah. Um, people want to know why Gen X people are tough. It's because that kind of <laughs> stuff happened at seven. Yep. And they basically both told me they said, We're not gonna buy you another bike. You want another bike? They were mad. They weren't trying to teach me a lesson, I think. But they said, If you want another bike, you're gonna have to figure out how to get one. You have to pay for one. It's okay.
0: And if you didn't have a bike I, back then you were you were lost, right?
2: You were absolutely lost. Yeah, like to have there a was bike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, remember the mongoose with the mag wheels when you yeah. couldn't buy a mongoose at Walmart, you had to find them somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, anyway it was gone. And my um my parents told me that I was going to have to figure out a way to make some money to do that. So I sat there and cried for a little while, like any seven year old kid probably would do. And I looked over and there's the gas can and a lawnmower.
3: Yeah.
2: And the neighbor's house across the street had tall grass. So I was smart enough to walk over without the lawnmower first in case they said no, but I went over and I said, Hey, can I cut your grass? And they said, sure. And uh, I think for something like seven bucks or eight bucks or something. like that I can't remember. Anyway, I cut their grass when I was done. I went and cut some more grass. The next several weeks I cut grass at least one house a day, if not two or three. And I finally had enough money to buy the bicycle.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I paid for all the gas on my own, did all the stuff. My parents were helping me to like get back and forth to the gas station and fill it up because they saw me, you know, working hard. Mm-hmm. And uh when I went back in I told my mom that I think I'm ready to go buy that bicycle. She counted my money and sure enough, when I told my dad he flipped out, he couldn't believe it. I'd never seen somebody be that mad and that proud at the same time. And, um, went and bought my bicycle and that was how I learned how much a dollar was worth. Nice. And, uh, you've got air and opportunity between you. You just got to be willing to see the opportunity. Oh,
0: see that could make the intro. Yes, it could. You got Air and opportunity in <laughs> yeah. front of you. I time like to, it. Time to-, to tweak the intro. Yeah. That's a new quote. So, um, you know, it's interesting because this day and age, not only how many seven-year-olds would do that, but how many parents would let their seven-year-old go take the lawnmower and just go cut grass? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and my wife would be like, oh, no, it's too dangerous. Like, I know that would
1: happen. It's funny. My son was just talking about it, actually, the other day. He's like, he goes, you know, mowing grass would probably be a really good business. I'm like, yeah. Well,
2: we did the same thing. I mean, my kid, you know, he was, I think he was eight years old, and I was having the, the discussion. We don't have arguments. We have discussions. I was having a discussion with my wife about it. It's just not safe, and I was like, what? "I know that." <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: He's got to learn when he's got somebody that around him that cares and can watch him and right. be there to help him, you know. Yeah. And um, so we waited till he was a little bit older, and then he started to. We let him cut the backyard because it's level. And here in Huntersville, the, if your yard, if any part of your yard is level, you're lucky. Yeah. Um, but um, our backyard's level, so we let him cut that. Next year, he got to cut the front yard. And then after that, now he's blowing the driveway off and weed eating the yard and that kind of stuff. So a nice. little bit by a little
3: bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. The entrepreneurial spirit was born and ingrained early into young Early. Jedi. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. When you and you a, said that like the emperor right there. <laughs> <young Jedi.
0: laughs> you were just a young Padawan then. Yeah. <laughs> growing in the force. All right. So um, you said you played uh, sports in, in school and stuff. What sports did you play?
2: I was a uh, football player, and I was the size I am now when I was in the eighth grade, which made me really big then yeah. and made me really small by about the 10th grade. Right. Um, so I played an offensive guard in football. And again, in eighth grade, you're, you're hitting people about your size. And then by the time I was in 10th grade, they outweighed me by about 30 or 40 pounds.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So I had to be an offensive pulling guard at that point in time. Uh, so I had to be quick on my feet. I had to be a quick thinker, but I had fingers like, like uh, Snickers bars, so I couldn't catch anything. So they just, they just let me hit people. Mm-hmm. I just, I had to hit the people that couldn't see me coming or I had no chance. So.
0: <laughs> you got to get in with athleticism, right? So that's right. So how big are you? I'm about 180 pounds. And how tall are you?
2: Uh, five pounds. Well, before I started rucking, I was five ten. Now I'm about five nine and a half. <laughs> there's a
0: there's a good reason to ruck and get shorter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about rucking, but let's uh, let's uh, continue on. So you you played football uh, did you, when you went to college? Did you play football there?
2: Not for no. I played intramural sports in okay. college. Um, yeah. I, I focused a lot of energy around, quite honestly, around partying and social life and trying to make grades and that kind of stuff, but. I was still able to stay athletic in college, play in intramural sports. We played a lot of flag football, a lot of softball, a lot of soccer, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: What what college did you go to? Not state university. I didn't make it far from home. I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Blazers.
0: The lasers. The Blazers. Blazers. The Blazers. All right. I got to remember that because I like like knowing the nicknames of all the college teams. Oh, yeah. I used to be really good at it for trivia, but... Uh, some of that went out of my brain. Some new stuff went in, some old stuff went out. There's just not enough. Room <laughs> <there>.
1: <laughs> You're just so full of knowledge. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. So uh, when we got out of college, what, what'd you do then?
2: So when I left college, uh, my wife had graduated just before me and I moved to Augusta. She wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend at the time. Um, we dated for six years before we got married and um, she had moved home to Augusta. So I moved, Augusta and look for a job there. The time I was doing um, insurance sales and driving all over the state of Georgia, like I had one of those laminated maps, like a folding. I know how much I'm dating myself, by the way. (laughs) I had a laminated folding. I had a dry erase marker and I had a little tradition that I would draw on every row that I'd been on um, as I traveled around Georgia. And I did that for six or seven months before... I was like, this is not the way to start a family. At this point in time, I had, um, I let me back up a little bit. I got baptized when I was 12 years old and gave my life to Christ and didn't follow Him very well. Like He was always in my life; He was always there, never left me. I can I can honestly say that. Mm-hmm. But I was not living for Him from the age of 12 till about the age of. Uh, 24, something Mm -hmm. like that. And um, so uh, I got reconnected with Christ at about age 24, um, got really serious about being uh, like a grown up person, like a real person, you know, Um, and recognized that after I'd moved to Augusta and we were planning to get married, that, you know, driving all over the state of Georgia was not a way to start a family. Uh, That was not fair for her. It would not be fair for me. And if we were going to have children, it wouldn't be fair for them. So I started looking for something else to do, uh, and about the time that I had drawn on every road in the state of Georgia, um, uh, I got a call back from a a company called Wells Fargo, and I went to work for them uh, in uh, in Augusta. It wasn't their banking division; it was their home finance division, and I started as a collector, Mm -hmm. um, which was an awful job, by the way. But if you're going to do anything in lending. Uh, it is a great place to start because it will deter you from lending money to someone that can't pay yeah, it back. Right? Because um, you hear the horror stories, and you know I, I prided myself on trying to help people get out of you know issues and trouble and all that kind of stuff doing that work. But it was really it was really tough work. And then from there, got into banking um, and worked in the banking industry, financial industry for you know ten years uh, in Augusta, and uh, that's where our kids were born. Uh, Our life started there um, together as married couple. And um, yeah, after 10 years of living there, uh, uh, the next chapter was about to begin and we didn't know it. It it didn't start with a a great beginning. In fact, it started with a tragic beginning. Um, My wife is a twin Mm -hmm. and her twin sister had moved to Charlotte uh, with her husband's job. And, um, my wife's mother passed away early and she was 54 years old. So she's six years older, 54, 56. She's anyway, she's six or seven years older than I am now. And, um, she passed away and the twins were really close with their mom and with each other. And now their mom was gone and the twins were two and a half hours, three hours apart. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're on vacation and it was taking a toll on them for sure, but it was also taking a toll on me and my brother-in-law. And my brother-in-law, Ken, was like, we got to do something to get these girls back together. So see if you can find a banking job here in Charlotte. And I thought, I ain't moving nowhere. We got a house. We got all kinds of stuff. We got this many. Yeah. And um, uh, he comes back and says, hey, they got a job at my um, company and I think you'd love it. And I told him basically to pound sand. I was like, dude, I've got a fat cat banker job doing, you know, barely anything. Business is coming to me. I don't have to do much at all. And I thought about how lazy and silly that was for me to say that at the time. Um, Ended up calling the guy, checking out the job. It sounded amazing. It was this entrepreneurial spirited job. And in all the banking adventures I'd been in at that point in time, They had asked me to go in and start markets or build branches or build a new team or do something new. And it was always about bringing something out of nothing, Um, which has always just excited me, I guess, ever since that first grass I cut, first lawn I cut. But um, this guy was talking about building a new department of something that this company had never had before. It was going to touch every part of the business. And they needed somebody that could speak sales but understand operations. I was like, cool, I think I might be your dude. I said, but I don't think you're going to be able to afford me. And I wasn't trying to be like arrogant or cocky. Um, I I know I'm sure it came off that way, but I wasn't trying to. Um, I was like, because in order for this to work, we're going to need to make enough for my wife to leave her job. We're going to need enough for us to move. And we're going to need uh, to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're covered in that area. And I, you know, (laughs) you know how, like, when they in the sleazy kind of sales thing, they'll slide. They write something on a piece of paper and they slide it over to you and let you <laughs> yeah, read it, like yeah. that. on a napkin. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, that's kind of what he did. He was like, "Will this cover it?" And I looked at it and I looked down. And there was a move package. There was a huge increase. There was all kind of benefits. There was, I mean, everything that you could imagine. And we had been praying for. And I was like, God, th- this. I'll rewind. Here's the prayer. The prayer was. God, make this so stupidly crazy awesome that I cannot say no. Yeah. If this is something you want me to do, and He did. <laughs> wow. So yeah. that was uh, that was our that was our beginning to move to Charlotte.
1: Wait, nice. You, you, you didn't slide it back and say, "Add ten percent." We got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have negotiated a little there. <laughs>
0: hey, um, I got, yeah. From what you mentioned, uh, what you said, uh, you said that you reconnected with Christ. How did that happen?
2: Um, I was, again, I was having a lot of fun in college and, uh, you know, just acting a fool, drinking too much, partying too much, all the things that, you know, sometimes college kids do. And, um, I was riding in a car with my dad. My dad, um, again, didn't, he didn't grow up in the household with me, but great dad, awesome father, um, love him to death. Um, we're riding down the road one day and our, our father son talks, you know, I'd like to remember them that we were fishing or that we were hiking or doing something like that. There was a lot of windshield time because it was always back and forth to somebody's house or something like yeah. that. Um, and he was talking about something and he said, well, yeah, in your Bible, you can look in so-and-so, so-and-so. And I said, oh, okay. Where is that? He slowed the car down. And he looked over at me, and he goes, son, you don't have a Bible? I said, no. He stopped the car, did a three-point turnaround, drove straight to the store, walked me inside, bought a Bible, put it in my hand, and said, you'll never be able to say that again. Wow. The rest of it's up to you. And I said, okay. Like, was still blown away by this whole situation, but he he believed strongly in it. So, of course, you know what I did, right? I put it down and didn't open it for like six months. <laughs> of
3: course.
2: And then uh, about six months later, I can't remember what was happening, but something was, you know, God finds us when we're in our struggles or we find God when we're in our struggles, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did the old, you know, Bible roulette. I opened it up. Oh, speak to me, God, that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I opened it up and it, you know, it made no sense. And I was like, well, that's weird. makes no sense. Like trying to read through it first, you know, and I read parts of the Bible before and heard verses, that kind of stuff, but like just reading through it didn't make a lot of sense. So I put the Bible back down. You're going to love this part. I end up at River Street. I didn't say I quit doing everything crazy. I end up at River Street in Savannah during uh, St. Patrick's Day with a bunch of people, and um, there's this (laughs) – have you ever seen the guys who carry the crosses and, like, the big ones and, like, walk into public places? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this guy comes walking by doing that, and it's just, like, it's such an impressive sight, and whether you agree with the – way that that message is delivered or you don't doesn't matter. It's still an impressive sight, And I'm just standing there in awe, like tons of questions and things going through my mind. Like, wow, that's gotta be tough to do that. And oh my gosh, I can't believe he's doing that. Like everything's going through my mind. And all of a sudden this person just kind of stands up next to me. And you, you, you can like, I don't know if you've ever done that, but like I was in a crowd and I could feel this person stand next to me and I just kind of look over. I didn't look at their face and know them. I knew I didn't know them. And we're, we're sitting there. he's kind of like small talk. And he goes, can you believe that? And I was like, no, really, I can't It's kind of, it's just, and I couldn't find the words for it. And he said, do you believe in all that crap? They didn't say crap. And I said, <laughs> and I said, well, I guess if you don't, you'd better be right. And he said, well, I guess you've read the whole Bible, which is the weirdest response I could imagine somebody saying.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And I said, No, I haven't. And I said, but the next time I meet you, you, I won't be able to say that to you. That was my way of knowing that I was supposed to go home and read that incomprehensible book Uh that my dad had given me and that I couldn't do anything with. So I went home, tried to figure out how to get into it, found the Bible in a Year program in the back and started reading Mm -hmm. and just reading and reading and reading. That was in 2001, 2001. And I haven't stopped reading it since.
0: Nice. Awesome. I could relate to that. That's, I have a similar story, but that's awesome. Praise God for that. Yeah. He uses his word, man. It it will not come back empty. Uh, Yeah. That's cool. So one, just real quick, did you ever play Augusta national? I mean, you're living in Augusta. I know it's impossible to get on there, but you know, just sneak on. How do you get on there?
2: Um, As a banker, you get lots of perks. Uh, And as a banker in that town, you get to go to the Augusta national and take your customers and clients there. But I never got to swing the, Oh. Never got to stand on it. Yeah, uh, but you walked down Magnolia Lane or drove down
0: Magnolia Magnolia Lane many times. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. That's in my bucket list. I want to be able to go. Well, I want to go to the. I'd love to play it. I'm never going to be able to play it, but I'd like to just go to the Masters. See when he was talking yeah. about when he was talking about
1: finding it like a, the job. Yeah, and living in Augusta. I thought it was going to be like, and I looked over and there was a the lawnmower. <laughs> and across, and across the street was Augusta National Golf Course. That's right. And so I said, "You need anybody to cut your grass?" And, and he was going to end up like having worked for Augusta, yeah, something like that. But yeah. anyway, that would have been a cool story. Would have been I, your Augusta story was National still great. great. I don't want to take away from your your story though. It was yeah. great.
2: No, Augusta National is such a great story anyway because it's, um, you know, it used to be a nursery. It used yeah. to be like a like a planting nursery before Bobby Jones designed it. Yeah, yes. and they came in and took us, and that land, if you go in, there's lots of, like, um, plot maps and stuff that are real famous now, hanging all over town and different different places and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be very cool.
0: All right, so you're in Charlotte, and uh, I know you got, um, I'll let you take the story wherever you want, but I want you to talk about um, what F3's done for you, you know, how you got involved with F3, and uh, finding your D2X, because that's how you let off the essay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, the, when I got EH by two buck Chuck, you heard that story. Um, I like bit off more than I could chew and I chewed it. Like I went to every CSOP event we could get our hands on. I did all kinds of stuff. I started rucking and running and relaying and like all the things. I think in one year I did something like 15 or 16 CSOPs in a 12 month time period. Mm. And my wife was Tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> so was I. But um, uh, I went headlong into it and had a blast with it. And then uh, I stepped back from doing as many CSOP events, got on the board and served for a couple of years. Um, and uh, I've done a couple of other things here in, in Isotope. I started a foundation uh, called uh, Project Tenfold. And Project Tenfold was uh, we would raise money and we would give $1,000 worth of seed money for someone to start a uh, nonprofit in their community, in their local community that benefits their community, to reinvigorate leadership right. and, and all the things. Um, so we did that. That was fun. Um, uh, F3 has meant so much to me. And once I got uh, into all the CSOPs and doing all the things, um, I got invited to go to uh, Invited. <laughs> hoodwinked, tricked into doing the the, um, the custom HTL in Asheville. This was HTL 007. And um, it was a custom F3 event. I think we had 57 start and 20 of us finished. It was brutal. Uh, it was Cadre Chewy's first, uh, first go rough event and Cadre Jesse H's last and uh, uh, Cadre Easy Street uh, was there, too. But um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was the hardest thing that I had done in my life at that point. Training for it, all that stuff was a blast, but the event was actually, it was really tough. And when I completed that event, I knew that whatever I had put my mind to, I could do. If I could, If I could do that, not just live through it, but if I could do that, I knew that I could, if I would just decide to do something, I could do that. I could do it. And, um, we, we did many other things since then, physical fitness, things like that. I mean, 50K and did a, uh, another couple of heavies and some more go ruck tuffs. Even led something that we do here called quarter ruck. It's a, tra- a tradition in Lake Norman and it's where the packs will put together a ruck event. And we extended, it was a quarter ruck because it was supposed to be a, you know, it's supposed to be a six hour ruck event, a quarter of a heavy. Mm-hmm. And we ended up um, extending it to 12 hour tough and led those a couple times. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but just had this heart for pushing men to push themselves. Mm-hmm. And I started an AO called Emmaus and the, the catch for Emmaus was, me and the, the the other packs that started it, uh, Mr. Burns, uh, we looked at each other and we talked about it and said, you know, we're not always the shining symbol of, of Jesus, but I hear his voice through my friend's mouth a lot of times. And I know you guys have probably experienced that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Somebody will say something and you're like, you have no idea what impact what you just said yeah. had on me. I'm praying to hear that or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we took the story of Emmaus and named that AO that. Uh, and what we were doing was a Bible-ish study because we wanted people that were on the outskirts but interested, maybe not necessarily, you know, in a full-fledged Bible study, but wanted to know more, pull them into it. And our catch was is you could get all three Fs by 6.15. We started at 4.45, did a full workout, and then we did, uh, you get second F the whole time and we did third F from 5.30 to 6.15. And, and did the study that way.
0: You did it outdoors there at the AO.
2: Oh uh, yeah, we did it. Um, the AO launch point was is at the Brookdale Starbucks on Friday mornings, and um, it ends there. So it's it's very convenient for cafeteria. Oh, I see. That's nice.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. You know, that's a really good idea.
1: You got to open a Starbucks here in Danville?
0: No, <laughs> no. But there's a there's a Starbucks up at by
2: the Columbia Mall. There is. All right, we did. Um, we did. Uh, Wild at Heart. We read through that book. Mm-hmm. We did several other books like that. Um, we did mere Christianity. We did a lot of those. It was kind of like getting you in touch with digging deeper. Yeah. And um, we did Q Source. We did a whole year of Q Source there. Uh, we did a lot of really cool stuff there. And somewhere along the way, I, uh, I was still growing in my career, moving up and all that kind of stuff. And I hit a ceiling and could not get the next level at work. And I hired a coach to help me with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In fact, I'll tell you the quick story. I know you're like, this guy don't have a quick story, but I do have a quick story. So I was trying to get a, um, a job and I was trying to get back in sales. And there was another job that opened up in the operations department running, uh, all the transportation and distribution. Uh, for the company and both of them were director roles and uh, then there was another director of sales operations so it's kind of like right in the middle like right there the sales job told me because all they knew of me they didn't know what i was in sales before all they knew of me was that i was an operations guy so they told me you can't do sales you're an operations guy the operations people knew i was in sales before and they said we can't have you run an department, you were a sales guy. <laughs> and then the sales and operations people said, you're overqualified for this. You need to go apply for a sales job or for an operations job. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I got a, I got a branding problem. Like I, people don't know what I do. So I hired a coach and, um, working with that coach changed my life. The way that I see the world is different. Um, because I see it full of opportunity now. Uh, I don't live in stress and fear because of what I learned from working with that coach. And that coach will tell you that they didn't teach me those things. They drew them out of me. They'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a great experience. And when I finished, the company not only hired me to do a, um, a new role, they gave me a brand new department, $4 million budget to go implement software and uh, build a new team and said, here you go. And my coach looked at me and said, well, that's awesome. What do you want to do now? And I said, I think I want to do for other people what you just did for me. Mm-hmm. So I went back, got a coaching certificate from one of the best schools in the country and um, started coaching on nights and weekends. And since then have, I don't know, six or 700 hours of one-on-one coaching with people and done multiple men's retreats and all kinds of things. And I love to watch the light bulb come on when people go, oh, my gosh, this has been right in front of me the whole time. So, wow. Yep, sure has.
0: I didn't know there was places you could get a coaching certificate for life. This is life coaching you're talking about, right? So there's,
2: uh, I got certified for life, leadership, and performance coaching. They're similar but different outcomes, I suppose you you would say. Yeah.
1: And who who did you obtain that
2: through? Uh, IPEC, IPEC. the uh, Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Huh. I didn't even know that existed. Now you do.
0: Now I do. Now you do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coach Jedi.
2: Yeah. So it's weird, but that's, you know, the name Jedi, I kind of, it's like a, like a basset hound. I kind of grew into the ears, yeah. right? I kind of yeah. grew into my name. A little bit. So, are, so you're
1: not doing that full time yet. Is that like a supplemental job to your?
2: No, actually um, last May, May 1st in 2022, I went, uh, I left corporate and went on my own. So I've been coaching and speaking professionally now for just a little over a year. Okay. Let's call it a year.
0: And when you uh, do these speaking engagements, like how many times a year do you do that?
2: Um, I do speaking engagements probably two to three per month. Oh, wow. Uh, that are live and they're, they're not. So, I, you know. At this point in time, I am not feeling auditoriums full of people. We're talking, you know, 20, 30 people at a time kind of thing. So is it virtual Um, or are
0: you doing a lot of traveling?
2: Well, those are the ones that are in person. The virtual, I do probably about 10 virtual events a month Wow! at this point.
3: All
0: right, cool, man. Well, congratulations. That's a great, that's 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 a a, uh, straight up uh, business. And uh, sounds like you found your D2X.
2: You know, it's it's very, um, it's very rewarding. Uh, I love, like I said, watching people come alive. And one of the biggest things that I, I run into is most people play small mm. and um, all of us do it. It's, it's human nature to play small. It's, uh, it's, a very, it's a very daunting thing to feel like you don't belong. And whether you're in a boardroom with someone and you got a great idea and you take your hand and you just kind of pull it back down because it's not the right time or it's too dangerous or don't want to say that or the wrong people are in the room. We've all played small. Or if there's a big idea that you've got and you decide not right now, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. We've all played small. Mm-hmm. And I love to tell people that if God put it in your head and He put it in your heart, the world needs that mm-hmm. and up to you to bring it out. Wow.
0: That's great. That's awesome. Don't fear rejection, right? Yeah. So you got to have the courage to, uh, to step up and speak up. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, and so as F three uh, being part of F three and the, the leadership principles and all, you know, being able, having a cue guys, you know, from the from the, your beginnings of you know struggling through the workouts and showing up and, and how you've grown uh, uh, through what F three has to offer, I'm sure that helped you uh, in in developing these leadership skills.
2: If it hadn't been for F three, I would. There's no way. Yeah. There, there's absolutely no way. It would not even be a thing. So how much, how much does your physical fitness play a role in your ability to lead? Um, uh, well, it's massive. In fact, I teach all of my clients. There are, There are four disciplines that I teach people around their physical fitness. Uh, one is you need to prioritize your rest, prioritize sleep. You need to get your sleep. So all of you out there that are running off of four hours of sleep and thinking you got a noble badge just because you got up at 5 o'clock in the morning but your dog tired all the time – Throw your butt to bed tonight. Um, Prioritize your sleep, number one. The second one is uh, prioritize your nutrition. And the words of my friend, Gnarly Goat, you can't out-exercise your pie hole. Prioritize your nutrition. Eat food that's good for you. I'm not going to tell you what to eat or what not to eat. You know what's good for you. Every person's different, but you know what's good for you. You know what's bad for you. Prioritize your nutrition. Third one is prioritize your fitness. Uh, and if that means walking three miles, if that means rucking 10 miles, if that means running 50 miles, it doesn't matter to me, but you should be intentionally pursuing fitness. And then the third one is all about mental and spiritual fitness. It's about reflection. And, or Sorry, the fourth one is about reflection. It's about journaling, processing your thoughts, praying, making time to meditate. Just get space in your brain. Um, your brain is designed by God, to take on a lot. And the more you take on, the more you give over to your subconscious. Mm -hmm. If it's subconscious, it's non-conscious. And the way you make choices in this world is not Mm non-consciously. You do it it consciously, making choices. That's how you become an active participant in your life. So physical fitness, spiritual fitness, mental fitness, emotional fitness, Mm -hmm. all of those wrapped into those four disciplines.
0: Nice. Words to live by, Dial. Feeling inspired. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. uh, ribs, French fries, and coleslaw. Was that, was that? Did I make good choices nutritionally there tonight?
2: Um, I don't think I did. Yes.
0: <laughs> I didn't eat all the French fries. I ate maybe half of them. I'm gonna have a bite
2: hey. of my turkey meatballs. Yeah, my wife made turkey yeah. <laughs> meatballs, and I'm
0: eating ribs, and Dial eating the turkey meatballs. I did eat the turkey hey, meatballs earlier today, though.
2: Ribs and fries and slaw
0: aren't bad. Okay. Good. See, I'm doing well. In moderation. In moderation. Moderation. I only ate half my fries. I didn't even eat all the coleslaw. I did. I did eat all the ribs, though. You only Mm -hmm. ate the meaty part of the ribs. That's right. You didn't eat the bones. (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) gnawing on the bone. I wasn't gnarly (laughs) go. All right, cool, man. So, um, tell us what your routine is like as far as posting. Like, how many times a week do you post? Um, What kind of uh, aos are they? Are they boot camp running? You know, rucking.
2: What do you do? Um, so I did the, the last <laughs> sanctioned ruck event, the last go ruck sanctioned uh, ruck event I did was the Black Mountain Heavy. And that was a few years back. I hung my cleats up on doing ruck events after that. I still ruck, like I'll go put the, put my ruck on full kit and all that kind of stuff and ruck. But for my fitness routine right now, um, me and a couple of guys have signed up to do uh, the Hanging Rock 50K in September, uh, end of September. And um, so my fitness routine right now is, I think we're up to 27 miles a week right now. So we're still in the early stages, Um, running a lot, uh, and then on rest days doing boot camps. So probably three boot camps a week right now. Okay. Monday is a run day. I did the Murph yesterday, though. Um, so Monday's a run day. Thursday is a boot camp. Friday's a boot camp. And Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday are boot camps. There all you right.
3: Know.
0: You're doing something all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, it's a um, prioritizing fitness. Prioritizing fitness. That's good. You know this whole thing about prioritizing fitness and prior brother brother brother. Prioritizing sleep sometimes doesn't jive with your M schedule, so that's the one thing when you're going to bed at nine o'clock at night. Sometimes it's, it doesn't really go well in yeah. the household. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's when
1: my M hits her. uh, Hits her stride. Then, right, <laughs> yeah. her, Right. we're on opposite yeah. ends of the uh, spectrum there. Yeah, so she's like, she's just like
0: hitting her prime. Like, let's go. Yeah, my, like, oh, my wife too. Time for bed. She, I'm, I'm going, go going to. Really. Uh, honey, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. You got to have three in the morning. You going to have three, aren't you, in the morning? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm still really tired. I really want to go to bed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've learned, I have learned to like silently leave my house. What I think I'm walking around like a ninja. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, you made so much noise this morning. What happened?
0: <laughs> well, I'm much more quiet than my wife. She just throws all the lights on and everything. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. All right. But anyway, uh, enough about that. How, uh, how old are your 2.0s? Yeah.
2: 2.0. So my daughter is 17. We are in the summer between junior and senior year Ooh, and okay. she is, we are looking at colleges all over the place. So yeah. that's, that's what's going on with her. Um, beautiful, amazing young lady, uh, super smart. And I know I'm biased, but like all of that stuff's really true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my son is 13 years old and, uh, he's going into the eighth grade and he's our soccer star. He loves to play soccer and is, is actually really, really good at it. Uh, fun to watch him play. And, uh, both of them are student athletes. Uh, both of them are uh, great with their grades and good kids and, um, blessed, really blessed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are blessed. You're yeah. blessed man, brother. All right. Um, so it was an inspiring essay. I think your story is inspiring. I love, uh, how you walked us through your faith journey too, and how that, uh, works in your life and how you use that in your coaching other guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, for me, I don't know how you get around it. You know, if you really want to be healthy you know, true fitness, uh, that spiritual fitness is so important. So, um, and it helps, it helps you find your purpose, I yep. think. All right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any other questions for Jedi?
1: No, I was just been, yeah, this has been great hearing your, hearing your story, finding your D2X and, uh, like, like d said, hearing your spiritual journey as well. Pretty kind of typical in a lot of ways, right? Kind of lose your, lose your way through those high school years and college years yep. and, you know, praise the Lord, you're, you're one of those guys that found their way back. Yeah. Because uh, some don't.
2: True. Yeah. But. It's like C.S. Lewis said, you know, it's like, uh, it, how's it go? How's he saying it? It's like, um, what, you two? I thought I was the only one. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where friendship is born. Yeah. Like, I, I thought I was the only person struggling like that. And then right. I found F3, and I was like, oh, my God, you too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. didn't know you were a sad clown until you... Uh,
0: yeah. Cyclone, right. So you get, you said you put on forty pounds of muscle, lost ten pounds of fat in your essay.
2: The other way. If I said oh, it that way, God. I like yeah. I have created something that can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. I wish I could. No, I don't well, think maybe I, I got wrong it wrong. wrong. I may have gotten it wrong. You may. Hopefully, hopefully you got it wrong. Because if I got that wrong, that is <laughs> just a bad, bad Um Well, that's what I'm hoping for because I keep gaining weight
0: and I think I'm muscle, right? I that, that look <laughs> a bigger, dial up. Do uh, you look jacked? See.
2: <laughs> yeah so i lost 40 pounds of uh, fat and gained 10 pounds of muscle um i did that i mean it's stuff that people have names for now i didn't have the name for it then i just i knew that you know i at the time i was working in a part of the business that was managing inventory and i started thinking about it and i was like okay let me get this straight is you know anything that i take in and i don't get rid of i'm going to keep so <laughs> that's going to be my fat, right? So if I eat more than I am spending mm-hmm. in my energy, then I am going mm-hmm. to keep it as fat. So I reversed that and started running the, running the engine pretty lean, um, used a Fitbit and, you know, calculated what I ate, logged my food, did all those kind of things and went to F3 workouts and, you know, was monitoring my fat percentage and my muscle percentage and watched it, you know, change watch my body change and yeah. they're so funny because my neighbor i 10 him in and his name's red october and um he's funny because he sees pictures of me when i lived in augusta and he calls me fat jedi
3: Fat Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: like i like pictures of fat jedi you look you look jolly i was like thanks a lot i appreciate it
0: <laughs> So all that jedi training got you fit <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. You're, you're so right.
1: There's such a simple concept, though, of yeah. calories in, calories yeah. out, right? But Yeah. <clears throat> and everybody wants to argue, oh, but there's so many other factors. But actually, no. Generally, yeah.
2: it's... Well, there can be, I suppose. But start there. Yeah. If you're nailing that and there's still more factors, okay.
1: Yeah. Right. Then yeah. look into those things. Right.
0: Good point. Um, all right. Two more questions for you. One is, well, maybe more, but at least two. All right. Uh, one is, um, if you were to pick somebody... Uh, It could be somebody from the distant past, somebody you know now, whoever, uh, that is somebody that's inspired you, uh, kind of a hero or look up to whatever, who would you pick?
2: Oh, man. I mean, we would all say Jesus first, right? Like, we would all say Jesus first. Um, But if we couldn't say him, um, that's a good question because there's a lot. You could
0: pick more than one.
2: There's no rules. Okay, okay, cool. The first thing um, is there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, that dude was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. Um, Teddy Roosevelt, he would be on my uh, on my mastermind council. I'd have Jesus there. I think I'd have Abe Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um. I, you know, I probably would not have picked him until I heard my daughter singing songs and ended up watching this musical, but I'd probably have Alexander Hamilton there. I'd, I think I'd want him on there. Okay. Um, just because of his recent popularity. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see. Who else? Um, hmm. William Wallace would be a good one Good on there.
0: Ooh, no one said William you Wallace.
1: Just, you just... Yeah, you just got after d heart. Yeah, man. Love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom! Um,
2: yeah, always have, always will. Um, let's see. There's, I mean, there's so many, so many good heroes out there. Um, I'd probably put C.S. Lewis on there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would be a wise one, especially for somebody who walked away from God for so long, tried to prove God wrong, and right. then, I mean, have such a valiant heart for God afterwards. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a good one. And, you know, um, one of my favorite authors, uh, John Eldridge, I think I would, yeah. I would talk to him too. You,
0: you to mentioned uh, studying wild at heart. We, I had a men's group that I studied, started years ago that's still meeting. I'm doing F3 now, but um, we studied wild at heart at least once, maybe twice. I can't even remember. But, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but there's another book he wrote called The Way of the Wild Heart. Have you ever read that?
2: I have not read that one.
0: Yeah, I recommend that to you. Uh, that book was one of the main books that spoke to my heart as a man more than any other. The Way of the Wild Heart. He goes through the stages of a, a boy's development into manhood that uh, I thought was really good. So. Oh,
2: okay. I think. So he does that in another book too, called uh, Fathered by God, and I'm wondering if it's a similar story or if he renamed it. But I love that book because he talks about. Um, the boy, which is the apple of the father's eye. Right, it yep. about, yeah, it goes through all the stages. That's, I love that. That's yeah, great. the
0: boyhood stage, and then there's the either ranger or adventurer stage, yeah. which mm-hmm. is like early teens, and then you get into your late teens, 20s, the warrior stage. Yeah. Then you get somewhere in your late 20s, 30s, is the lover stage, when you start to not only uh, start to experience romantic love and like get married, that kind of stuff, but also appreciate beauty and things like that. And then there's the king stage, mm-hmm. uh, where you now you're ready to be a leader. And then there's the sage stage, when you get old and gray like me. And I don't know if I'm a sage yet, but uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, but the, but the, what happens in each one of the, what should happen in each one of those stages. And uh, if you're missing something along the way, then uh, um, can cause problems, yeah. you know. So, like, one of the, I, this isn't supposed to be about a Judge Eldridge, Eldridge book, but since we're talking about it. Uh, if you're not the apple of your father's eye, if your father's not involved in your, when you're a boy, and you go through the adventure or ranger stage and you're uh, uh, taking risks and stuff like that, sometimes boys can get out of control. Uh, and if you don't go through the warrior stage where you learn what it really means to be a warrior, um, controlled aggression, you know, and how, how to be strong but uh, but use it in the right way, then, then if you don't go through those stages, then you're going to take uh, baggage into your marriage when you hit the lover stage. So anyway... Uh, I recommend that book to you and everybody else that's listening. And this is a book review brought to you
3: by Amazon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, that, yeah, I love the, that concept of the journey of yeah. man and how, and how we grow and do that. I think one of the things that I've found most intriguing is when I come across someone in my work and I'm coaching someone, uh, spe- you know, uh, specifically men, uh, when I'm coaching them in where they are in life, yeah. One of the biggest issues that I see is they think they're in one stage when they are not yet. Yeah. And they end up thinking that they are in the king stage or whatever it is and they are still back in the ranger stage or they are still yeah. back early on. Right. And they're they're that's evident in our life when we are um when we are repeating the same mistakes because we're not learning from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's evidence that you are operating outside of your stage. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's okay to have each stage that, you know, you may be in the king stage, but it doesn't mean you're not a warrior still. It doesn't mean you don't appreciate beauty still, you know, all that stuff, but uh, certain uh, phases we go through. All right. Uh, last question. Wait a second! I, no, I just had a question. comment
1: that no. oh, go he, ahead. he didn't just answer the question with one person. He put he together got a lot in there. He put together a Jedi Council. <laughs> did you pick up on that? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry,
2: I did do that. I didn't even mean to. I
1: did yeah, that. Yeah. It was a pretty awesome it's Jedi, Jedi Council. It though. is. Yeah, I got pictures of y'all sitting around on like little mats, like in yoga pose uh, yeah, with yeah. Your lightsabers but, and stuff like that. Now making things float in the air. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a cool poster.
0: It would be a cool poster. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. The Jedi Council. Carry on. All right. So be it, Jedi. All right. Um, last question. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What is your message for the men of America?
2: I think it's to go back to that, what I talked about earlier. If God has put something, I know I've been on some calls, and um, uh, Della, Dark helmet has got the, the Unlocked Man call. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of men that are searching and yearning for purpose in their yeah. life and i think one of the most beautiful things about f3 is, is that it wakes us up mm-hmm. it reminds us that we are men and there's a um there's a there's a prayer that i do at the end of cot when i'm invited to do it and i'd be happy to do it here too but i but i always um i start with saying you know Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the cold weather, the wet weather, the hot weather, whatever it is, because it reminds us that we're men Mm -hmm. and that we're made for it. And, you know, that's that wake up moment we get. That's what F3 does for us in our life. But there's so many men that are yearning for that purpose in their life. And at the same time, we're also struggling because I mean, we're human. We're struggling with that playing small and backing down from those big, courageous moves that we can take in our life. And if God put it in your head and put it in your heart, the world truly needs it. Mm-hmm. You are an expression of the Almighty in the way he was feeling and some purpose that he had for you in his life. You may have a million different purposes that you fulfill in your life, but there is a purpose and a yearning that you can meet in your life. And when that is in your head and in your heart, the world needs it. Go do that thing. Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. Very nice. Uh, God created you for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. We have a purpose. Very nice.
2: You are special. You are unique. Mm -hmm. When you think about the biological challenges it takes to bring a person into the world, Mm -hmm. and you are breathing air and feeling sun on your skin, you are unique and special.
0: Very good. Nice message, brother. Um, So if uh, the men out there wanted to get a hold of you because uh, they're looking for a life coach, how would they get a hold of you?
2: You can find me at my website. It is com, And that D usually throws people off. It's for Daniel, not David, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, com, And um, you can find me on probably just about every social platform. On Twitter is the only one that I have a, a different handle on. And it is F3 underscore Jedi mm-hmm. um, at Twitter. Uh, well, the rest of them are Ryan D. McKinney. You can find me on LinkedIn that way, Instagram that way, and Facebook that way.
0: Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you joining us, giving us some time this evening, brother. I, I know that uh, you had to make it work and I, I really appreciate that you did that. And it's I can tell you that we're recording this the day after Memorial Day. So we're, what is this? The 30th Yeah. of May. Yeah. And it's so your First, episode should drop on Monday, right? Five. Yeah. Fifth, right? Yeah. On the fifth. So your episode will drop probably just the Monday on the fifth. So we, we needed to get somebody in the, get an episode out there on Monday. So uh, I really appreciate you yeah. giving us the time, man.
1: You, you said you were humbled to be, you know, part of, part of the podcast with so many guys that, you know, great, great men that have been on here, but you, you didn't come up short in any way, brother. It was a great message. Oh, man. Great story. Yeah. Uh, truly blessed and honored to, uh, to have you on. And as usual, I think we leave here
0: inspired by hearing your story. Yeah. And I, oh, thought, man, appreciate it. Yeah. I think we just spoke to a high impact man. Amen, brother. All right, Ooh. man, may the force be with you, man. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. God bless.
3: See
2: you.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H I M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.